and the tents are obliterated. Like the poles are shattered, the connectors are broken, half of the tent walls are just unusable in the mud. If you are all about weddings, love wedding stories, want to hear about how they met, what the proposal was like, how the wedding went, then this is the show for you. We also talk with professionals and they share advice to help you make your wedding amazing. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the show. We have Nicole Gibson with us today, and we're going to talk about a wedding that was almost an absolute disaster. But the whole family pulled together, and it was amazing. Also on this episode, we have a segment of the Amazing Lesson Zone. And today we're going to talk about the budget and how to make sure that you stay on track. I'm also going to include a downloadable sheet for you to keep track of your budget as well. So let's chat with Nicole today. Thank you for being with us today. How are you? Hi, good. So as we begin... Tell me how you met. We met good old-fashioned online. When you first met him, did you know right away that he was the one? You know, we talked solid months before he asked me out on a date. Uh, we were texting only, but it was like 24-7 texting. And by the time we went on our first date, I was completely not even nervous because I felt like we totally had known each other forever. And our Aww. our first date really was just, awesome because neither one of us were nervous. We were just hanging out. And uh, honestly, I went home that night and I told my mom that I would marry him. Oh, I love that. So it really was fate. You met online. Everything just felt so good. You met in person and it was just real. It was. And how long after that did you get married? That was in September. He proposed 15 months later, and then we got married six months after that. And so when you first got engaged, how did you begin those wedding plans? How did you even begin to think about what you were going to do? Now, you had an outdoor wedding. We did, and it all kind of stemmed from my friend offering her farm as a venue. Mm -hmm. So it was a, it's a second marriage for both of us. We've both done the big church wedding. We both did the all-out catered shebang, and invited mm -hmm. hundreds of people, you know, and this time both of us were right from the beginning agreement that it would be family only and it was going to be intimate and it was just going to be relaxed. And number one, it was going to be fun. We just wanted to have fun. And so what elements did you feel were going to create that for you? Was it the farm? Was it the music, the food? What did you really <laughs> need to have at that wedding to make it what you wanted? So one part of Ross and I, when we very first started dating, is our baseball rivalry. So he's a Texas Ranger fan, and I'm a Seattle Mariner fan. <laughs> and that was kind of the basis of when we first started talking. It was kind of razzing each other about our teams, and that was what broke our, the ice in the beginning. So when we were looking at dates, and it wasn't necessarily that we picked this date for this reason, but it kind of happened that way that our teams would be playing that day. Um, in Seattle. And so we just kind of chalked it up to that state. That's the perfect weekend for us. And we very quietly integrated our baseball rivalry into everything. Like on our centerpieces, we had jars that had sunflower seeds in them and there were baseball quotes on the jars. Uh, we had a big popcorn bar. Our guest book was an official Louisville Slugger and a Sharpie. So we have that um, bat is mounted in our entryway of our house now with all of our family's names signed on it. Oh, um, I love and that. Then, and then we aired the game live 
on a projector screen at the reception. Now, did you know the game was going to be that day? Uh, well, we had picked two different dates um, that Russ's dad, who is a pastor, um, was available. And what the, of those two dates, we picked the one that our teams were playing. Let me ask you, what were you going to do if it rained that day? What was your backup plan? Uh, well, it rained the day before. Mm-hmm. While we were setting up all of our tents, it was pouring rain. Wow. And we, we did our rehearsal in the pouring rain. Wow. And we kind of just didn't have another plan. Like, if it rained, it rained, and we were going to get married in the rain. <laughs> oh, wow. We, Interesting. You were willing to do that. That's very brave, especially going through the day before being so rainy and it being likely that it would yeah, rain. Well, yeah, it was early June. It was early June in the spring. So, you know, the chances of rain were pretty high. Wow. You're a brave, brave woman. So now let's tell the story about what happened, because this is the near disaster, is that as I understand, and I want you to tell me the stories, a storm came through later on after you set everything up and knocked all of the tents down. You had three 10 by 30 tents set up and they blew into the pasture. Tell me about this. So um, my entire bridal party helped build these tents. We constructed these things. We had them tacked down. We had all the tables set up. We did the rehearsal huddled under these tents because it was pouring rain. And we left. We went to go to dinner and with all expectation that these tents were done. Like that was checked off the list. Um, Kim, who owns the farm, and she had plans. She got up early. She was going to go down and take all the tablecloths down to the tables and whatnot. And she gets her coffee and she walks out to the porch and there are no tents. There's just tables sitting down there. Oh, my goodness. So she looks over <laughs> and sees that all three tents had blown out of her out of her property completely and into the pasture, so up and over a fence and all the way across this pasture next to her. Oh, my. So she, <laughs> she immediately calls Ross, and he says, don't call Nicole. Don't tell her. <laughs> Good man. So... So he calls his family who had all traveled in. They were all from out of town. Um, So they're at the hotel. He calls his family and he says, I need you all right now. So the whole Gibson family rallies up and shows up at the farm and the tents are obliterated. Like the poles are shattered. The connectors are broken. Half of the tent walls are just unusable in the mud. Oh, wow. Um, Well, my brother-in-law is a Marine. And he's an engineer. And so he and his teenage son put together two of the tents. They pulled pieces together with white duct tape and white zip ties and rebuilt two of the tents. And honestly, nobody could tell. Nobody could tell. So we were one tent down, which needed to be a tent for the food. And we kind of needed that to be protected from the sun. So Kim and Ross got on the phone to any rental agency that they could come up with anywhere near us and we're in a small town so options are very limited and they found a tent available in moscow which is about a half hour north of where we are on the day of the wedding wedding. kim's husband flies up the hill and goes to moscow to get the tent comes back down gets back to the property and the rental place did not give him all the connectors to the tent so he's got got tent walls and tent poles and no connectors and this is about the time that I show up after dilling around all day getting my hair done picking up my flowers hanging out with my sister-in-law like I'm just having a great day have no idea 
And you have no idea what's no going idea. on at the farm. And I show up and Kim is on the phone kind of yelling at this rental agency, like, I don't have time to go back up there. You need to bring it to me. You need to fix this. And I'm just standing there smiling at her thinking, <laughs> we don't have any vendors. Like I did everything DIY. So who are you possibly talking to? Wow. And so she hangs up the phone and she says, don't worry. And of course, that means <laughs> something major happens. You worry. <laughs> and she says, you're fabulous. Your future husband and his family took care of everything. We've got it under control. You just go get dressed. Did you ask a million questions at that point or did you just do what they said? Kind of. I, I, Ross was gone. He had gone back to his place to get ready. So I was safe to walk down there and see what was happening. And they were down there putting everything together and it all looked fabulous. And I didn't have to worry about anything. Wow. That is a beautiful story because I think 95% of the time people do involve the bride because they want to make sure she's happy with the decisions that they make and they want to make sure that she's happy with the outcome. But it, apparently everybody had a lot of confidence in what they were doing and confidence in you. They knew what to do to really solve the situation. That's Yeah, I, I have an amazing tribe. Yeah, and your husband really knocked <laughs> it out of the park with that too. So once the your brother-in-law, he set up the tent and that third tent was good. Everything went flawlessly yeah. from that point. Our, our whole thing was really wow, perfect. I mean, we kept everything so incredibly simple that there was nothing else to go wrong. Mm -hmm. The only other vendor I had was my photographer who was absolutely amazing. And I, I love her to death. And she was everywhere with her assistant and they took everything, took care of everything. The day was flawless after that, after the tent. So what when you say you did a lot of this DIY, what happened with the food and the music? So the food we got from a catering service in town, but they didn't bring it out. Like we did picnic style pulled pork and sides. Um, so the catering made the food and then some of our family went and picked it up and they provided all the serving, everything we need and brought it out to the farm. And so the food was just there and ready. And it was a serve yourself picnic type style, um, really just easy going. Our reception, we didn't really focus on music. We didn't really focus on having a DJ. It was outside. So we had yard games everywhere. We had the giant Yahtzee dice and the giant dominoes and croquet and just all these fun things, just to, activities to do and play. And then we had the game on. Funny enough, the wiffle ball bat and balls were the most popular thing. And there was kind of a mini with the ball game going on for a good part of our reception. One of the things I love about this show is other brides and grooms that are listening can get ideas. Like if they're going to have a farm wedding, what do they do to really entertain their guests if they're not going to have a band or a DJ? So everybody was, you know, they had a good time. There was things to do. The weather ended up being beautiful. The game was on. So did you write your vows yourself or did you use the traditional vows? No, we wrote mm -hmm. our vows. Uh, my father-in-law is a pastor and he married us. And it was just very simple and sweet and we just talked from our hearts and made it very easy and did you plan your vows or you when you say you talked from your heart you just said what you felt at the moment no yeah we both kind of had a we had a plan um mm -hmm. but I neither one of us like read it you know we just talked you were there in the moment yeah you were just experiencing the day which is something that I advise for all brides you know the day can run away with you and before you know it it's over 
Right. And you never took the day in or you never paused and looked around and said, oh, this is my big day. I'm going to really flavor and savor this moment. And it sounds like you really did that. From the moment you guys got engaged and the whole planning just seemed so easy from everything you're telling me. That's very rare. Yeah. You know, a lot of brides, when you're doing DIY, it's very stressful. It's very hectic. You want everything to go right. I, I just... You know, we both just wanted it to be simple. It was just about us. It was about our families coming together, and that's that was it. You know, we just really wanted it to be relaxed and fun, and no reason for stress. And because it it needs to be a beautiful day, not a stressful day. So, any opportunity we had to just make it natural was what we did. And I think there's a lot to be said for. Focusing on love and keeping it simple. What advice would you have for a bride starting out? And maybe she wants to do a wedding just like yours. What would your advice be to her? Pinterest. Pinterest is my advice. Open a board and just put your, all your ideas in there. And put, don't think too much in the beginning. Don't make any solid plans. Put your ideas in and then look at it all as a whole and you'll see that your style is coming together once you start putting your pin board in. Don't think about what other people are doing or what other people are telling you to do. Just collect your style and then go from there. I love that. That's perfect, perfect advice because it really is all about making sure your wedding is your own and it feels like you. So collecting pictures and putting them on Pinterest of things that relate. Once you look at 50 pictures, you'll find that there's a theme, there's a vibe, or there's something that you're going with. I love that. I love that tip. I think brides are going to love the Pinterest. I know a lot of my brides really do love the whole Pinterest thing. Did you have difficulty when you see things on Pinterest locating them in real life? Um, You know, I'm such a creative person. I really kind of just, I would see an idea and then I would come up with my own way. So I didn't really buy a lot of I mean, we decorated with the flowers from my grandma's garden, all of her roses. Um, we, because that's just a really big part of our family is, is grandma's roses. So, you know, I just kept it simple. I bought um, these cute little pinwheels from Joann's and I spray painted them all gold and white. So, you know, I just did everything, something inspired by what I would find on Pinterest, but I wouldn't worry about locating the actual stuff. I love that. That's so creative. So the pinwheels, gold and white, what did you do with them? Um, they were along the aisle. So we just had these little tiny pinwheels stuck into the ground all along the aisle. That's something that comes up very often because most people do like pew bows or flowers, but flowers get very expensive. So something like pinwheels that I know how to look spectacular is a great great option. I love that. So tell me about the roses. Yeah. So my great grandmother, her mom, um, was kind of known for her rose garden. And when she had passed away, my grandmother took a whole bunch of the roses off of the property and took them to her house. So she has grandma Moore's roses in her garden. And uh, I wanted those. So she made these two huge bouquets to put up, um, around the trees where we had the ceremony. Those roses are a big part of, of everything. There's a lot of meaning there. Um, I also made three lockets of my three grandparents that have passed, and they were wrapped up on my bouquet. 
family is a huge thing for me and my grandparents have all been huge for me and I had just lost my grandfather a couple of months before and that had been really difficult for me and then my great-grandmother as well so um, I just wanted somehow to have a piece of them so I used lockets you know that you can put like three-dimensional things in um, so I had gotten mm-hmm. three of those I put their photo in and then I got a couple yeah. little charms that kind of went with them and put the charms in there as well. And then I carried that theme over to my two bridesmaids um, who I was in both of their weddings. So I had taken a wedding photo from their weddings and put them in a locket and then wrapped those around their bouquets as well. So I knew I wanted peonies, like lace and peonies were the only two thing I went into planning my wedding with. I knew I wanted a lace dress. I knew I wanted pink peonies. The rest of it just kind of came together. So I actually ordered some peonies. I ordered a bouquet. I paid Mm. quite a bit of money for it. And when I went and picked it up, it was really small and I was kind of disappointed with it. Um, So my two bridesmaids, because they're amazing and they know me, they happened to have these bunches of big, gorgeous peonies there. And they bought two of the bunches and brought them back and just basically ripped my bouquet apart and then put it back together with these bigger ones and oh my goodness this is getting better by the minute so not only are they repairing tents that blew into the pasture the girls in the broader party are running to costco to remake your bouquet with beautiful um, flowers i because i had when i picked them up i i had called rochelle and i was like oh this is a lot smaller than i thought it was going to be like um your guys's bouquets look good but mine's not very big and she said you know what we were at costco yesterday i know there's peonies over there I'm going to go get him. I'll meet up. I'll meet you at the house with them. So that's a good friend. I mean, come on. On the day of a wedding, everybody's very busy worrying about themselves. Everybody's worrying about looking pretty, getting ready and stuff like that. And when your bridal party and your family leaves what they're doing, goes, buys flowers, fix tents, gets tape, goes up to get a new tent. Wow. I mean, that's there's so much there that really speaks volumes to me about your family and the community there. It's huge. What did you do for centerpieces? Oh, yeah. For centerpieces, I had found these galvanized metal serving trays. They're big, round galvanized metal. So I bought 10 of those, and I spray-painted them all navy blue because our colors were navy blue and mint. I actually had forgotten about this. I had potted these little flowers. I had gotten these little terracotta pots, and I painted them with chalk paint in mint green. And the week before the wedding, I had potted them all, and they were all super cute, very colorful. And then we had like this little heat wave come through and just killed them all, just scorched them. So, so I had to scrap that. But grandma came through with extra roses ah. and we put these little <laughs> miniature bouquets together for all the centerpieces. Um, we had small picture frames of our engagement photo, a different photo on each table. And then we had the little candy jar filled with the sunflower seeds for the baseball theme. Beautiful. And what about invitations and stationery? I got my invitations designed. Um, I'm kind of a nut for floral. So they were navy blue invitations with floral and then gold writing on them. Very simple. We weren't going to do a registry just because we didn't really need gifts. We were two whole households merging together. But we did we did a basic registry. Other than that, mm-hmm. our family just put money in towards us getting a new house because everybody knows, you know, that's what we wanted. You know, my kids love him. He loves my kids. We're we're just a great merged family and everything has gone seamless and we're we're pretty lucky. 
I love all the DIY stuff. I think people are really going to dig that. That's what brides are looking for. They're looking for what can I take and make my own? Give me ideas. And you have so many. And I love that you didn't pay for this stuff. The DIY, that's the trend now. You know, how much can I do myself and how much can I pull off? But the key is not to take on too much DIY because I was speaking to a bride and groom and they were trying to make wine bottles and they were going to decorate the wine bottles and put something in them and give them away as favors, but they needed 300 of yeah. them. It was like you know, 300 empty wine bottles to decorate. It was too much and they ended up not doing it after investing 100 hours oh into creating gosh. them. So taking on a DIY project that's not too much that you kind of envision that you can get it done is the key. Because otherwise you completely overwhelm yourself with DIY and now it's this massive project on top of creating a wedding. It's just too much. So it sounds like you just had a really good flair to know how much you could take on and you did and all of the stuff went off oh, so yeah. well. And so beautifully, you know, grandma's roses and the whole, all the help you had with the family to help you bail you out of that <laughs> tent disaster. <laughs> My goodness. So after the whole wedding was over, did you have to stay there and break everything down or the family you know, did that? Everybody just kind of, as the night was coming to an end, everybody was kind of folding up the chairs and hauling them back up to the trailer. And, and everybody was just kind of helping. And mm -hmm. um, by Beautiful. by the end of it, there really wasn't much left. Ross and I went out to the farm the next day to take care of, take all the tents down, which Josh had engineered together those babies would have stood through a hurricane after he got done with them because <laughs> we had to like get out get the box off. knives and cut these tents apart because they were <laughs> they were solid. <laughs> That's a that marine is. for you. If they're gonna do the job, they're gonna <laughs> do it right. right. Amazing wedding. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing the story with me and all of our listeners. I appreciate it so much, Nicole. Well, thank you. I had fun. To download the simple budget checklist. Go to MakeYourWeddingAmazing.com. It's time for the Amazing Lesson Zone. Do you have a budget? You have to start out with a basic number in the beginning of how much you have to work with. Are you working with $200, $200,000? What is the number? Start there. Make a list. Now you can get a basic idea of how much everything costs. Ask your friends, go on the internet, get a basic idea. If you go on the internet, the numbers are going to be all over the place. If you're in Kentucky, the numbers are very different compared to New York City. So you want to use it as a basic outline. Best thing to do is ask your friends, go into the local forums and ask them about how much did you pay for flowers, how much did you pay for your band, how much did you pay for your caterer and things like that. You want to start there and make that budget beginning, okay? Now when you go out and you look for your professionals, you have a basic idea of how much you want to spend. If you know when you walk through the door that that caterer is going to be $50,000 more than you want to spend, well, that's an easy no-brainer. If you know the caterer is going to be $25 more than you want to spend, you can kind of put that in a gray area for yourself to start weighing out the next part of the plan, which is what is your three top things that you really, really want to have at your wedding. You're going to want to focus on them and you're going to want to have those top things in all its glory. You're going to want to have exactly what you want of those top things. So let's just say the top three things you want are a great band, a great photographer, and a great caterer. You want to spend whatever it's going to take to have exactly what you want. Then you're going to maybe cut some corners on your flowers, maybe cut some corners on a limo ride, cut some corners on uh, invitations. 
where you can make up for those things so that you have exactly what you want. So starting with that budget, as you can see, having that bench benchmark is going to really be that first step in all the steps you're going to take from there. And even if you've already began your wedding plans, that's okay. It's still a great idea to kind of put an idea of what money you have left. So let's just say you're nine months into wedding plans and your wedding is three months away. Make a budget. How much do you have left? How much do you have left? What are the balances that you owe? And you can get an idea. Having that figure in your mind is going to help you stay within your budget and have your wedding stay reasonable and not stress you out. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you have any questions, you could message me, April Kelly, at makeyourweddingamazing.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, too. Share it and subscribe and leave a review. That would be amazing. Have a great day, everyone. See you next time. This episode brought to you by J-Rod Productions, a one-stop shop recording and production studio founded by John Johnny Rod Corsiari, creating high-quality, radio-ready pop rock songs from songwriting to tracking production through mixing and mastering. Check it out at jrodproductionsmusic.com. 914-329-5206. 914-329-5206. jrodproductionsmusic.com. Are you looking for a live band that people will rave about? Want your dance floor packed all night long? Band of Gold Music, a 10-piece band with the talent to make a lifelong impression on the best day of your life, exceeding expectations. Bandofgoldmusic.com This episode brought to you by The Clean Team, specializing in new move-ins, newlywed specials, getting your home ready for guests, and cleaning up after your event. Five-star rated company in Ocean County, New Jersey. 732-267-7334. The Clean Team. 732-267-7334.
Yeah.